You know, Jesus warned us that in the end times, deception like a virus will spread like wildfire. Disguised as the answer to all our problems, our secular culture can only offer replacements to the truth. The good news is that the truth of the Bible is the cure. In Pastor Jack Hibbs' new book called Living in the Days of Deception, he reveals the antidote to the lies we're told that have become increasingly harder to detect. From the inspiring foreword written by Mike Pompeo to the final chapters, Pastor Jack exposes how to combat deceptive spirits and equips us when we're deceived by the ultimate liar, Satan himself. Living in the Days of Deception by Jack Hibbs is a powerful must-read, and when you order, you can bundle by getting the DVDs and a downloadable link for a gift of any amount at jackhibbs.com radio. That's jackhibbs.com radio. Real Life presents the Jack Hibbs Podcast with intention and boldness to proclaim truth, equip the saints, and impact our culture. Something's going to happen when you breathe your last believer. Non-believer, not for you. Only the believer. There's going to be something at that last moment, and there's going to be something communicated that is going to be saying, come on in, enter the Holy of Holies. Oh, not on earth, the one in heaven, the one that matters, the one where you're going to be in forever, and it's been provided by Jesus, and it is a great entrance. Come on in. You can get the outlines of this podcast by going to jackhibbs.com slash podcast. Today, if this podcast lifts you up and encourages you to live a more fulfilled life in Christ, then make sure you leave us one of those five-star ratings. To us, that's like saying amen or yes. Then that rating will encourage others to listen. Now open your hearts to what God's Word has to say to you. Here is Jack Hibbs. Listen, if you're not a Christian today, you need to know something. The meter is running on your life. There's a record keeping, the Bible says, that your name and your sins are written down. It must be a whopper because the Bible says in the day of judgment for the ungodly, it says the books were open. Not, not a book. So what kind of file does he have on me? It's not a five by seven card, I'll tell you that, buddy. He's got books on you. But for those who are believers, what Jesus Christ does is he wipes out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way. How did he do that? Having nailed it to the cross. Amen. Oh my gosh. Verse 15. And this is great. He not only took it to the cross and died in my place, that Jesus, all of the accusations against Jack's life, Jesus died for. That's not all. Verse 15 says, having disarmed principalities and powers, the demonic world, Satan and his, and his uh, minions, he disarmed them and their powers. Not only that, he made a public, hello, spectacle of them triumphing over them in it, the cross, the victory. The cross was a public display of the demonic powers of darkness being beaten, being defeated. 
And why were they defeated? Because they sat there and they, I'm making this part up. I don't know if they have access to the book or books, but truly this, as you came to Christ throughout all history, those who came to believe in Jesus, your name is there. And all of a sudden there's this divine hand Rather than writing the sins on the wall, there's a divine hand wiping away the sins from off the record. And those demonic powers saw that, and they were shaken to their demonic core, and they were completely defeated. Imagine the stir of hell when Jesus rose again from the dead. Man, I mean, I hope that's something we get to watch. I, th- I hope when we get to heaven, God says, now I know you guys are just driving you guys crazy. You, you want to see this. So Gabriel, roll the tape. And you can see at the cross, you can see Satan going, <laughs> we got him, Woohoo! aren't I amazing? <laughs> and then comes Sunday morning, Amen. there's a great explosion of truth. Christ is risen, and I love the chronology. Christ is risen, and the Bible tells us, this is fun, follow it. Christ is risen. He's gone. But an angel came down from heaven and rolled away the stone. Are you listening carefully, detective? Christ is risen. But an angel had to come down and roll away the stone to let the people in. The angel didn't roll away the stone to let Jesus out. He rose again from the dead, and we learn from John's gospel, he, you can be talking to him and eating fish tacos with him, right? Because he did. After he rose, he ate fish on the beach. Remember that with the bread? Fish on the beach in bread is a fish taco. And he's with them, he's with them in a room, risen from the dead. He's with them in a room, and then the Bible says that he just he vanished. He just walked, whoop. Can you make no door? <laughs> Gone. It's like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. That's not in my notes. That was a bonus. I thank God for this public display. The cross today drives people all around the world, either up or down, up and out, or down and before the throne, the cross itself. In Hebrews chapter 10, Verse 19, the Bible says, therefore, listen, listen, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, are you kidding me? Did you see that? Did you hear that? Propitiation, mercy seat, holy of holies. What is the Bible telling us? Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil. That is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. My goodness, church, you know what that means? That none of us need to walk around tiptoeing regarding this incredible thing that when you and I breathe our last in this world, we not only get to go to heaven by what Jesus did for us, we don't tiptoe in. We, at the moment of death, you and I are somehow going to get an infusion of confidence from God. Something's going to happen when you breathe your last, believer. Non-believer, not for you. Only the believer. 
There's going to be something at that last moment, and there's going to be something communicated that is going to be saying, come on in, enter the holy of holies. Oh, not on earth, the one in heaven, the one that matters, the one where you're going to be in forever, and it's been provided by Jesus, and it is a great entrance. Come on in. It's, it's none, none of this stuff like, can I come in? Can I come in, God? No. There's none of that in the Bible. Squeaking in. There's no squeaking in. In fact, it's pretty amazing to realize that in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10, Peter says, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your calling and your election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. Verse 11, for so an entrance will be supplied to you, how big? Abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wow. You guys know, please, everybody, that when the Bible says in Psalm uh, 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Do you guys all, do you know know what that means? I hope you know what that means, right? That's in, that, going through the valley of the shadow of death happens in this life. Not, not after you're dead. You don't die and go, okay, no, I hope I'm ready. I've been studying the Bible, went to Calvary, I know it pretty good. All right, let's walk through the valley of the shadow of death. No. No, you're suffering and you coming to that point of death here, that's the valley of the shadow of death. The moment that the believer dies, they're set free. You're set free. You are in the light. You are through the gate. You are into the abundant entrance of Christ. There's no gauntlet you run after. Oh my gosh. This is the battleground church. This is the moment of decision right here. This is the place. The third thing, and it's the final thing, is in verses 25 to 26, and that is that today is your day, or could be your day, based upon your decision, what you decide. We see in verse 25, and we ask this question, have you decided to think again about God? Think differently, think new, think fresh about God. Verse 25 says, because of his forbearance, that is that God is amazing God, all those thousands of years was being patient Think about how patient he is with you today. You've not, listen, if you're not a believer today, if you're not a follower of Christ, you have not experienced the benefits of the cross. God is still putting up with you. He's still forbearing you. But he warns us, my patience will not endure forever. Time will expire. Because in his forbearance, God passed over the sins that were previously committed is before the cross, verse 26, to demonstrate at the present time, that's now, today, friend, in, in this moment, his righteousness. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 30 backs that up. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 says, but of him you are in Christ who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. It's all in him. It's all in him. Righteousness, he gives it. Sanctification, church, he does it, and redemption, he finishes it. Righteousness, he gives, sanctification, he does, and redemption, he finishes. 
All of us, listen, those of us who trust Christ, our names are written down in heaven. We're saved, but we're still going through the process of living in this world. We're, we're both sanctified fully in heaven on the books, but we're being sanctified now practically every day. And we are to walk with him. And that's a choice that you make to love him every day. Just like any relationship that you have. Up or down, whatever it might be. I hope you don't say to your husband or your wife, do you love me today? But see, where do we get this concept from? That's a God thing. God doesn't say, I, love, I loved you on Monday. You were a little something on Tuesday. I didn't want to talk to you. I love you again now on Wednesday. No, that's not him. And just like us on a little tiny remedial scale between friends or a husband and a wife is that we love each other no matter what the day is like. Amen. We get that whole beautiful thing from our creator. Amen. Mark it down. It's precious. You all know it. It's first, not first, it's first chapter. It's Philippians chapter one, verse six. There's not a first Philippians. It's Philippians one, verse six. And again, I often kid you, but maybe not. This is a great tattoo if you're gonna get one. <laughs> being confident. Be, being, in the Greek, it's present, it's now. Be, being, confident of this very thing. That he, God, who has begun a good work in you, stop and ask yourself, have you ever been closer to Jesus than you are today? That means he started a good work in you in the past. Well, I got good news for you today, friend. If he began a good work in you, we'll complete it until the day of Christ. He will work in you until the day you meet Jesus. That's why death for the believer is an awesome thing. Do we weep? Do we cry when we say goodbye to a loved one? Yes, that's normal, but not without hope. It's always see ya. See you later. That's what the believer should be saying on the deathbed when the grandkids, kids gathered around, friends come around. Don't say goodbye. Don't, don't gather around your loved one who knows the Lord Jesus and saying, it's great knowing you. You know, bye. Farewell. Das vidanya. Don't do that. The believer says to the departing believer, I'll see you. I'll see you. You remember that. The way the world's going, we'll see him sooner than you think. Right? And so church, it's about making a decision. We also realize this. Have you decided to make it all about Jesus in your life? All about Jesus. In verse 26, this is that he might be, watch this, that he might be just... Yes, remember, he's over here in all of his holy righteousness. He's perfect. Yes, he's just. And, or it could say be, at the same time, the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Verse 26 says, if there's someone who is trusting in what Christ has done on the cross for them, what God does is God, who is just and holy and pure, based upon him providing the salvation, the choice is yours to accept his gift of salvation. If you do that, the just one becomes the justifier. And that's the only way it works. 
That's the way it has to be. So when Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve sinned, and I'm ending this now so you can get ready to leave. When Adam and Eve sinned, and uh, they realized that they were naked, you know, that's what the Bible says. They sinned and they realized they were naked. They weren't wearing anything before they sinned, but they sinned and now, they're, now they know they're naked. The Bible tells us that God is walking in the garden. You and I can't even imagine what that must have been like. Adam and Eve, the two perfect humans. See, here, some of you are thinking, it's not such a good story because if they were perfect, why'd they blow it? Because God doesn't make robots. Only man makes robots. Amen. We're the idiots that make artificial intelligence. We're the idiots now that make these new suits that you can buy with the computer and you can have now an absolute sexual experience with wearing an electronic suit with no human involved. How's that? AI. Who does this stuff? Lunatics. No, honestly. Somebody with a brain thought, you know what? You know what we're going to do? We're going to make we're going to make suits you can zip on and you don't need anybody in your life. The artificial intelligence will be your mate. And the data will mimic everything else that a human can do. What a great idea. That came from the pit of hell. Think about that. Who does this stuff? Fallen man. So Adam and Eve are hiding. The Bible says they made fig leaves. It says fig leaves. Now, I don't know if you've seen a fig leaf. But I have sycamore leaves in the back of my yard. They're big. I think the second biggest leaf I've ever seen is a fig leaf. I don't know what that means, but they did this. They sewed fig leaves together. See, we think Sunday school, Adam and Eve, they're like this, and he's got one here. She's got three. Two, two here and one there. And the rest you can see, skin? No, they're sewing. Quick, 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 quick. And they probably started with their feet. Covered up every bit of flesh. Remember the Jolly Green Giant on the label? <laughs> they covered their bodies. The only thing's like this. Can you imagine? Here he comes, here he comes. And you know that's what happened because God says, Adam, where are you? He's God. He knew exactly. Just like when you play hide and seek with your four-year-old. You know exactly where they're at. Where are you? God knew. But they're hiding. This, how, how dumb. See, listen, when you're fallen outside of Jesus, you know, God restores our mind. Did you know that? The, Christ, the non-Christian doesn't know that. The non-Christian thinks we're nuts. We're the only ones who really understand you. Because we used to be nuts like you are now when you think you're not nuts. We remember that. I remember, I remember thinking just like you. Do you remember that? Now we think straight, but they think we think nuts. But now we think right because the Bible says God has given us the mind of Christ. So the thing is, when someone's guilty, they try to cover it up. Every time. It's a cover up. It's been since the Garden of Eden. All gonna, it's a, it's, it's human nature apart from Christ. Don't cover up anymore, friend. It doesn't work. This Jack Hibbs podcast, as well as all the broadcast outreach opportunities, are listener-supported. 
Will you consider partnering with us through a special gift? Go to jackhibbs.com to learn more and stay connected. Free.